0: got to get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't going to do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Tryna to learn some game, Xavier going talk about it. Know Deanna, speak that shit that everybody vouching. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant. I study millionaires because I was born a visionary. You still believe in limitations? Why you acting scary? You can't distract me from the paper. I've been Chase the greatness I'm stacking now and balling later in the conversation we strategize and monetize and piling up investments Sacrificing temporary sh- for bigger blessings Yeah, a tapped in boss mind state I multiply my grind rate and I match the way I vibrate Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit I'm Trying to learn some game, Xavier exactly. gonna talk about it No Deanna, speak that sh- that everybody voucher Ain't no more excuses, valid Get up off the couch and get up in your bag To your bank account and then the county.
1: What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Millionaire Mindsets Podcast. I am your gracious host, Xavier, sitting there with the wonderful, the beautiful Deanna Kent as usual. Dee, what's up? What's up, what's up?
2: Thank you for that introduction.
1: Of course, of course. And today we got a, um another amazing episode on the way, man, with another special guest. And this is my guy, Harry Washington. He's a beast in real estate. He's an author now. He's killing it. And we super excited to have him back. He was on, he came on like the beginning of January. And then he, he's he's back in Dallas. I'm like, we gotta do it again. So welcome to the show, bro. We in the studio now. So he, so he had to do it. Y'all grown
3: up now, man. <laughs> this, grown up. Is, this is this is fly. This is super dope, man. I'm proud of what y'all building, man. It's it's um honored to be here again i had a lot of fun doing it last time yeah man. so this diana wasn't there feel like a celebrity right. i get to
2: be here for this episode when this yeah. greatness happened yeah yeah definitely <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely. And
1: let's get right into it so before we start i want to say we greatly appreciate if everybody could like comment subscribe share do whatever you need to do we're trying to run those subscribers up trying to run those likes up so please please do that and also we're gonna go to our first sponsor so this episode is sponsored by my official crypto guy. that's at www.com Guide the number two crypto.com. In this guide, I go over all the things that I've learned I'm investing in crypto these last four and a half years and uh, all the lessons. and I go over platforms you guys can use, paying taxes. Uh, I give 13 coins that I think people should be investing in long term. This ain't no quick play, this is uh, a long term play. So if you try to get a uh, crypto, go to guide to crypto the number two com, and get started. So Let's get right into the show, man. I've been I've been excited to do this. I've been waiting to do this. So my guy Henry, that's killing it. So it's funny, I was just talking to my brothers and I was like, um, like I had this guy on my podcast named Harry Washington. He's a guy starting in real estate a couple years ago, and he just he just ran it up crazy. He said he had an epiphany. He woke up in the middle of the night <laughs> and was sweating, and it was like, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm I'm telling you all that's what he said." So I want to go straight there. So like, cause I don't think we 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 dove on this the last time. So yep. like, cause how old were you at, in that moment? Uh thirty-seven. Damn. Damn.
3: Yeah, man, I got started late.
1: Damn. So. Yeah. Like I wanna ask like as far as the mental aspect of it. So like how was you able to like steal cause a lot of times when people hit over thirty, you know how it is that age yeah. thirty is yeah. like effort. Right. I'm <laughs> complacent where right. I'm at. Yeah. I ain't no millionaire okay. yet. I ain't yeah. made the NBA yet, it's yeah. over with. So like how the hell you even say like at thirty seven, yeah. you could easily be like, man, that ain't built for me. I'm I'm complacent where I'm at. Yeah, man.
3: Nah, so what 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 kind of led to all that was um I just I've just kind of done done everything a little late. I got married late I had kids late. <laughs> I just, um, I guess I matured late. Right. And so, uh, so by the time I got married, I got married quick. Cause I knew like when I knew, I knew. And so we got married a year after the day we met literally three six 360, three six, 365 days That's later. That's dope. And so, um, I told you I matured late. So, <laughs> I was uh, I was living a lifestyle of a single guy, right? And then all of a sudden, a year (laughs) later, you married and you're trying to live a married lifestyle, and like, it's more than lifestyle; it's mindset too, right? It's like how are you treating your finances because now you got somebody else to look out for besides yourself. And um, two things that really kind of woke me up was so not long after we got married, we bought a house together, and like together is a loose term because like (laughs) we both applied for the loan. And then the mortgage officer was like, "We're happy to loan to your wife as long as you're not on the loan." Damn. My credit was terrible, and um, and they were basically like, "If we put you on the paperwork, it's gonna make your interest rate sky high, and y'all won't be able to afford the home." And so, like, that was my wake up call number one that like I wasn't doing the things I was supposed to be doing financially. And then um, the second wake up call was like. Then you start having conversations. Right. So when you're single and like, I had a good job. Don't get me wrong. Like I made six figures, but like, it don't matter if you're making six figures, five figures, you know, $10 an hour. If you blow all your money before you get your next paycheck, you are broke. Right. And so I was really good at spending more than I was making. And, um, and so my wife, like, we start having conversations and we're talking about, like, what's our dream home going to look like and what school district we're going to live in, and how many kids we're going to have. And I'm like, I barely, we barely got in this <laughs> home. This is the dream home. We have, yeah. Right. And so uh, that's when I had the panic attack, man, after a conversation like that, when we were talking about our future. And I just realized that, like, I couldn't afford to give her the future that she wanted. I couldn't afford to give my family the future they deserved. And um uh, man, reality just kind of hit me like a ton of bricks, like, you made all these terrible financial decisions up until now, and, like, you've been able to kind of weather the storm on your own, but now you got people to look out for, and you can't can't, can't do what you need to do. And so that's when I had the panic attack. It was, like, three in the morning after a conversation like that, and uh, I just started Googling, like, how to make extra money. Like, literally, (laughs) Was just Googling like what are some side hustles, like I just figured I need to find a way to make some extra money, put it aside and try to take care of my family. And that's when I kept seeing articles about real estate. And so to kinda like like I didn't I didn't feel like I had the luxury of saying it's too late for me. Like I knew right. I had to make a change. So that's why I didn't I didn't worry about how old I was. I just knew I needed to do something more than I was doing. I didn't care. Wow. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I'm honestly, like, hearing you say that is just really, like, it's amazing to see how much you've grown and how you've been able to completely change the um, path, your life's path. But I want you to talk about something that really sticks out to me because... I know a lot of us, like I'm still in my twenties. Zay's in his twenties. My, my little sister's in her early twenties and a lot of us go through this thing where we feel like we need to have it all together. Oh, right off yeah. the back. Like and if we don't have it together in our twenties, like that's it. That's all like, yeah. you know, you're a failure. Yeah. And you being in your late thirties, like did something great. Like you yeah. completely yeah, turn things around. So like, what would you say to people who are in our position in this age range, who are going through that mental struggle of feeling like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have it all together and I'm just a complete failure?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I would I would say, man, that's all, like those feelings just come from like things society put on us. Like none, none of that's true. Like it's never too late mm-hmm.
2: to start investing.
3: I don't care if you 20, 30, 40, 50, like investing, is really a mindset and that mindset is like instead of me having to work for my money I'm putting my money to work for me and there's no age limit to when you should start doing that because no, don't get me wrong the sooner you do it right the more wealth you can build because you start to take advantage of compound interest but there's no time frame to start investing there's no time frame to start a business you know I worked for Walmart for 11 years and uh Sam Walton started Walmart, I believe in his forties mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like and that's one of the largest companies in the world, right? And you know had had somebody told him, hey, man, you're too old it's, 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 it's no it's no time to get started doing this. We wouldn't you know everybody everybody should have a Walmart right right. <laughs> like yeah. it, right? One of the largest companies in the world. And so I would tell people like, it's never too late to change your mindset about how you think about money and how you spend money." And so, what I found that at three in the morning was the vehicle of real estate. But what it really was was I found that I needed to have my money work for me instead of me working for my money. And I didn't know that that's what I had found at first. But once I got started in real estate and saw how powerful it was, like that's when I started to scale up my business. So it, mm-hmm. don't don't let it don't ever let anybody tell you it's too late for you to get started because. It doesn't take as long as people think it does Mm -hmm. to achieve financial freedom. Like we just had a whole conference on just that exact topic. Like people think you have to have millions of dollars in the bank. I got to have five M's in the bank before I can quit or be financially free. And that's not the case. You just need to have your assets paying you enough money to cover your bills. Right. And so if you've got three to $5,000 in expenses, And you can buy a couple of houses, right? Some dividend paying stocks, a couple of rental cars. And those things are paying you $5,000 a month in passive income. You don't have to work no more. You can can choose whether you go to work or not. Right? That's not even talking about what's in your bank account. That's just talking about what your assets are producing. And so you can start that no matter what age you are, you can start investing and build up some passive income to have it pay for your lifestyle.
1: That's right. Mm -hmm. That's that's a good point because I think a lot of people don't realize that because I remember a couple years, it was probably like a year and a half ago, like I tweeted, I was saying how like, I'm at the point now where my assets pay for my liabilities and I was like, I'll never have to work another job in my life again. And people didn't understand. They was like, what do you mean? Like you don't have to work. I'm like, I got assets, so right. if I just want to chill, even though I'm not just gonna chill, but right. if I just wanted to and just just pay my bills and sit at home, I could do that. And that's that's right. That's a, I think that's a real luxury. I think. That's that's what financial freedom. It's a choice, right? I tell people all the time.
3: Like so many people are like, "Oh man, you you bashing people with nine to 5s. I'm like, "No, that's not the case." Like if you love your nine to five, if you like your nine to five, and you want to work your nine to five, work it. I just think we all should put ourselves in a position to where. Working our nine to fives is something we're choosing to do, not something we have to do, mm-hmm. right? And so once I put myself in a position to where it was a choice for me to go to work or not, I enjoyed working a lot more,
1: <laughs> right? Like no, a- when I when
3: I when I didn't feel when I knew like at the end. At the end of the day, like, I don't have to be here. I'm here because I want to be. Like, I enjoyed working. It wasn't as much of a hassle to get up and go to work anymore. Like, and then you have a lot less fears. Like, Walmart sometimes has layoffs and, like, people <laughs> get worried about, like, oh, is my thanks. job in jeopardy? And people come up to me, you worried? I'm not, I'm not worried if they let me off. I'll just go. Get good. Do something else Right mm-hmm. Like it's, And that's a freedom of feeling uh, a, f- a feeling of freedom And that's what people talk about Like financial freedom It's two words right And people focus on the financial But it's really the freedom part That's
1: valuable Hey that's a bar yeah. Yeah, That's a bar for sure <laughs> And um, so This, this epiphany Was it, four years ago now yeah, man, just under four years. Just man. under four years. Yeah. And now today you have, what, 66 properties? 60, yeah, about 65 doors. Like,
3: well, 66, that's, I just closed on one. I got a few more in the contract, man. That's, so,
1: that's like, so. that's crazy in itself, just doing that so fast. So I got, like, multiple questions regarding that. So, like, because yeah. nowadays, like, every time I see you or I have a conversation, he's like, oh, I just bought another house. I was like, when I <laughs> yeah. see you, when I see you was at lunch earlier, yeah. I was like, you bought a house since the last time I seen you? He was like, yep. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, so, like how is that working these how are you acquiring properties so fast
3: yeah um two things right so being a real estate investor or being an investor in general right no matter what the vehicle is um investing is about buying low and selling high right, right. no matter what crypto the same thing stock market yep. real estate you got to buy low and sell high right and so in real estate in order to be successful in order to buy low, you got to find deals that are typically off-market, right? And you do that through some level of marketing. So whether that's you send mail, whether that's you do cold calls, have somebody cold call for you, it's finding people who have equity and motivation to sell at a discount and getting them to either reach out to you or re- you reach out to them. And then the next big step is being able to finance those deals, right? And so financing is really where people kind of get hung up because they figure right. I need 15, 20 percent of the purchase price as a down payment. Right. And so I got to I got to save that money up. Right. So if I'm about a hundred thousand dollar property, it means I got to save up 20 grand. Then I go buy a property and then then I got to start saving up 20 grand again. Yep, right. A and perfect. that's 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 in, in real estate. That's just one way to do it. And so what I do is I leverage small local banks and these small local banks will typically, so I use what they call commercial loans, but for residential properties, right? And so when you do a commercial loan, the bank will loan you 80 to 90% of the purchase price, and they will also loan you 100% of the money you need to renovate the property. And so if I buy a property that's worth 200000 right? And let's say I buy it for 100000 and it needs $20,000 worth of work, that means the bank is going to loan me, let's say, 85%. So they're going to loan me 85000 and then they're going to loan me all 20000 to fix up the property. So I only got to come up with $15,000, right? And so with commercial loans, it's a little different than, like, your conventional or your uh, FHA-style loans where the, the banks are really concerned with where's your down payment money coming from. Like, they don't care. So... In a commercial world, I can go get – I can borrow that $15,000 I need from somebody else, whether it be a friend, a family member, uh, a co-worker, somebody I know that has access to that kind of money, right? So I can borrow that 15% from a private source, and then I can get the 85% from the bank, and now I'm 100% financed. So I got no money in the deal. I'll buy the deal. I'll renovate it. I'll sell it for a profit or I'll rent it out. And so I'm able to scale quickly because I'm typically – not spending any of my own money to buy properties
2: That's dope. Well, let me uh, ask you this. So you said that you were using small local banks. Mm-hmm. And I know that you said when you were purchasing your house with your wife, you weren't in the best financial position yeah. to even get that house. Right. So how did you go to the local bank and get qualified that's for you a, to mm-hmm. get an investment property? And they trust because you that's already money. high risk. Yeah, so. yeah, that's
3: a, that's a great question. Uh, so w- w- what we didn't talk about was like, so after that epiphany, when I found real estate, so I started Googling that night, I found out. I found just tons of articles on real estate and what really got me focused on it was I saw a video. It was this kid. He had like 25 doors and the, the whole point of the video was that he was financially free and he only had 25 doors. And I was like, well, if he could do it, I can do it. I'll just do that. Right. And I said, well, if I'm going to buy a property, I got to get my credit right. And so like literally the next day I started Googling and trying to figure out who could help me get my credit right. And so I started working with a credit company to help, fix my credit. I talked to a credit counselor, and they kind of went through my credit and said, all right, these are the things that you need to essentially pay off in order for your credit to get right. And so I had to bite the bullet on a couple of things. I had some stuff on my credit report that I felt like I shouldn't have had to pay, right? Things that were in dispute. But at that point, I had to make a decision and say, look, you can fight this for a couple of years, right? Or you can bite the bullet and pay it because it's keeping you from getting to your goals. And so I had to figure out how to raise some money to pay off somebody's debts. And they weren't huge debts, but at the time, I only had $1,000 in my savings account. I didn't mm-hmm. have a bunch of money. So that's paying, crazy. Paying $200, $300 to pay off of something on my credit report was like, it was a big deal for me at the mm-hmm. time. But I just had to bite the bullet and pay it. Um, and so I immediately started working on my credit. So I was fixing that. And so from the time I had that epiphany to the time I bought my first property was about 90 days. So okay. I'd improved my credit substantially in that time.
2: See, I like that you said that because, you know, most people, when they talk about getting into real estate, if you hear someone say, oh, I got bad credit, people say, well, here's an alternative. Let me try and help you get in with no credit and things like that. But nobody really talks about, well, how about you slow down a little bit and let's build the foundation (laughs) and get these things in order before you, you know, get ready to jump in real estate. You don't have to jump into it, you know, just so quickly. You got to do what you got to do to make sure you're prepared to get in.
3: Right. If you've got bad money habits finding something that's going to make you more money isn't going to solve your problem because you'll mm-hmm. just blow the money right and so like the the first couple of things i did i said i fixed my credit and then i worked on my mindset i remember having a conversation with my wife um, not long after that epiphany where i said you know what we're just going to start putting away 10 percent in a savings account of, a, of everything we make 10 up front we pay ourselves first and i said if in a year we don't do anything on the real estate side but we've saved 10% of our income for the entire year. Look at how much money we'll have in savings versus just $1,000 we right. have now. And that mindset shift like, really got us focused on like, wanting to acquire more wealth. Because once you start... Saving money, like once you see that account start growing, it gets like you get, just, addicted. You get addicted to it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so every time I will make an extra dollar or two, I'm like, I'm going to throw this in that savings account, <laughs> see how big I can get it. Right. And, and, and exactly right. A lot of people say like there are ways you can get into real estate with bad credit or no credit. There are ways you can buy real estate like without having to use money. But what people don't say is like it does take money to buy real estate. It just doesn't have to be your money. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, And so I'm buying real estate. It costs money, I just happen to have relationships with banks. The banks lend me all the money that I need as long as I can find a good deal. But it still costs money. Somebody else is just paying it, right? And it still takes credit, right? And so what I tell people all the time is I've used banks, like I use bank money to build my wealth, right? Mm-hmm. Like So I have built wealth because banks just lend me the money because I'm really good at finding a good deal, and I'm bankable, right? And so you've got to fix your credit if you want to use bank money. Mm. Now, if you want to use private money or hard money, then you know you can do that. It just depends on what kind of credit they're going to let you have. But um, bank money is so cheap right now. It <laughs> is. It's so it is. cheap right now. And, and so if you can if you can work on your credit and kind of build yourself up that way, the, the these banks will give you money. They'll they'll they will build your wealth if you can find good deals. All
2: right. I was going to oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Are you ever in favor of using your own money to purchase real estate like your hard cash?
3: Um, personally, no. Yeah. Um, the, the 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 reason I say that, right, is so I am comfortable with leverage, right? So I'm comfortable using somebody else's money to build my wealth. So what does that mean? That means that I have notes on my properties. That means that I have to be really good at finding and buying good deals. Because if I don't buy it right and something goes wrong, then I'm coming out of pocket, right? Now, paying cash is a great safety net, right? Because if you pay cash for something, even if you overpaid for it, it's paid off. So, like, you absorb some of those problems. But at the end of the day, you're still losing money, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if you pay too much for something and you can't rent it for market rents, then your return on your cash that you've invested, your what they call cash on cash mm-hmm. return, is lower. And so, um, uh, and it slows you down, right? And so, if you only have a goal of buying one or two properties a year, one or two properties every couple of years, and you've got the cash reserves, sure, paying cash is a great option, right? But me, I needed to buy, I needed to build wealth fairly quickly. And so, in order to do that, I didn't have... You know, I'd only saved up $1,000, right? So <laughs> saving 20 for a down payment and then doing it all over again was going to take me too long. And so I am comfortable with leverage. But what I, what I tell people is, like, if you're going to use bank money, right? If you're going to use hard money, right? If you're going to borrow money from somebody to buy assets, you better make sure you get good at learning what a good deal looks like in your market and then make sure you get good at learning how you're going to find and buy those deals. Because the problem is, if you go and you overpay and you borrowed somebody's money to buy that property and then you get upside down now you've got a big yeah, hefty right. mortgage payment mm-hmm. with high interest right and i think a lot of the times people just want to get into real estate they want to go call you know call a realtor by the first thing they see right and they borrow money and then you can't rent it for what you want to rent it for or the market starts to shift a little bit and you're upside down so um leverage is great If you're good at finding good deals, if you're not, you either need to use your own money
1: or figure out how you're going to find good deals. Mm -hmm. So right now, the real estate market has been it's been crazy. It's like (laughs) the only market that really hasn't been affected by like the pandemic for real. So with that being said, like what is a good deal right now? Yeah, In in your
3: opinion. Yeah, uh, that's a that's a, that's a tough question because every market is different, right? And so I'll just kind of talk about what I look for, and it hasn't changed, pandemic or no pandemic, right? So I'm typically trying to buy properties at seventy percent of their market value, right? Minus any repairs it needs. So for easy math's sake, if a property's worth a hundred thousand, I can't pay more than seventy, right? So I'm paying seventy thousand, and if it needs twenty thousand worth of work, then I'm not paying more than fifty for it, right? So that's typically. The numbers that I'm numbers. looking for. Okay. Yep. That's real. That's, that's, that's broken down real simple too. Yeah. And that, and that'll work. I mean, most any market, if you're buying at 70% minus repairs, you're buying a good deal. Mm. Now, everybody's going to be like, Oh, you can't find deals. Later. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> it's always, it's always, <laughs> yeah. say that. Yeah. you can, I buy deals like that all the time. It's just, you have to know how you have to know what you're looking for. Okay. Right. You have to know how to look for it. And, um, you have to
1: be consistent. And I think that that's where a lot of investors fail is they're not consistent they're not in their consistent. marketing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. and What do you think of regarding this uh, notion? Because this is something I've heard a couple times where people will say, um, you don't build wealth through real estate, you sustain wealth through real yeah. estate. What's your thoughts on that? Because uh, I mean, yeah. I built right. wealth
3: real estate <laughs> just fine. And, and, and so, and, and but in all honesty, I think where that comes from is like, Most wealthy people own real estate. Right. Right. Not all of them used real estate to get wealthy. But once they got it, they got real estate. estate, Right. And so what that tells you or what that should tell you is your butt needs to be buying some real estate. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because you want to we're all trying to build wealth. Right and it's 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 what they say in the stock market world and, and and what they're starting to say in the crypto world right it's like you follow the whales right yep. where the whales go you follow behind all the money yeah and you and you and that's and that's the path so wealthy people buy real estate so i'm gonna own real estate now can you build wealth in real estate absolutely, absolutely. you can build wealth in real estate it can be a little slower right you know if you're if you're if you're nifty in the stock market and in the crypto game and you know how to chart your chart your buys and 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 you buy at the right time you can turn twenty thirty forty percent profit in a day or two right you're not gonna do that in real estate right it's not you're not gonna you know get a twenty percent return on your money in a few days right um so it's it's slower money um but most most millionaires. Most new millionaires have done so through through real estate, and so mm. I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna stay on that path. So yeah, you can build it. It's just slower. Okay. Yeah. And so uh,
2: you next question. First?
1: I was I was gonna say so all your properties there in Arkansas, correct? Yeah, yeah. So this is a question that everybody they ask and they figure out you got because you got 66 of them. Yeah. Managing them. Okay. Oh, yeah. how, how are <laughs> yeah. you doing that? You doing yeah. it yourself? I Property do, management. I manage most of my properties myself. See now yeah. how like like how you how you get the time to do that. Uh,
3: I think it's a, I think it's a, I think it's a myth that managing your properties takes a lot of time. Damn. Um, uh, I think anything takes time until you have the right processes and procedures in place. Right. And so I use, I remember, man, I, I first, I got to like five doors and like that first door, like I remember I didn't care how they paid me as long as they paid me. Like, I'll come get the money. Like, <laughs> how are you going to pay me? Like, I'm coming to get it. Right. And then once I got it to like five doors, I was like, Yo, hey, this is whack. I'm not driving around looking for all this money. And so I started looking for property management systems. And so I ended up finding. So I use an online property management tool. I make all my tenants pay rent in that system. They can't write me a check. They can't bring me cash. They gotta pay it online. It's in the lease, right? Because that's eliminated three steps for me. Right. So if you're getting paid in in, in if you're getting paid your rent and you gotta go pick up a check or you gotta go pick up cash, you've given yourself two chores, three chores. Because now you gotta go there and get it, right? Yeah, those to the bank. Then you gotta go to the bank and deposit it, right? But then you also have to go back home and write down somewhere. What they paid you versus what they were supposed to pay because you got to keep track of your books. Yep. Right. And you got to make sure that they paid you what they were supposed to pay. Mm -hmm. Right. And then if they have to, if they didn't pay you enough, then there's late fees and all these other things you have to keep track of. Right. Somewhere. But if you have a property management system and they got to pay online, all that's automated. So once they pay their rent. My system automatically puts it in my bank account. My system knows how much money they're supposed to pay for rent. If they don't pay enough, it sends them a message. If they pay, um, if they don't pay by a certain date, it automatically charges them a late fee. I don't have to keep track of none of that, right? And so I'll just go in there after the fifth because that's when they're late by, and make sure that everybody's paid. If they haven't, then I'll just send them a notice. Simple. Simple. Nice and efficient. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: But the question I had you have for you, I want to go back into um, talking about leverage. So when we talk about it, we typically say. Don't over leverage yourself. And that's Mm -hmm. all we say. But I want you to give advice to, let's say, maybe that young investor out there who has over leveraged themselves and they're looking for a way to navigate it or find a way out. What would you say to them?
3: That's a good question. Yeah, that's a phenomenal. I've actually never been asked that question. (laughs) (laughs) Great question. Yeah. So if you're over leveraged, right, so you're finding yourself in a place where you've got more debt that you can't keep up with. Chances are you've overpaid somewhere or you're not managing your properties well and you've got some vacancies. And so the first thing you need to do is stop the bleeding. Right. And so uh, you need to focus on filling any vacancies you have that are fillable. Right. So Mm -hmm. if the property needs a full rehab, obviously you can't fill it. But like stop the bleeding, fill your vacancies ASAP. That's going to get money coming in. Right. Talk to the banks. That you've got the loans from or the people that you've got the loans from and be honest about your situation i think too many times we kind of get embarrassed Mm -hmm. that we're we're a little upside down or Mm -hmm. or that we're in a tough situation but these banks all they want is their money back (laughs) right (laughs) and so if you go and you talk to them and say hey look this is my plan. I've got these many vacancies. I'm going to fill these vacancies. It's going to give me this much cash flow, right? Can we defer some payments, right? Work out a plan or something so that they know you're serious about getting them their money back and that you have a plan for it. And a lot of the times, especially if you're using these commercial type loans, they'll work with you, Mm -hmm. right? And so just be honest with your lenders about this position that you're in, but have a plan for them so that they know you're serious, right? Because Communication is better than no communication, because if you're not communicating, then they're going to start taking action. Right. But if you are communicating and they understand that there's a plan, then there may be some leeway for you. Um, The next thing that I would do is if you're seriously over leveraged, you need to look at selling some of your assets that have some equity in them to pay your debts. Right. And that may seem like hustling backwards. Right. And maybe getting you to start over. But if you're learning a lesson. Right. as you should have, if you're over leveraged and now you're hemorrhaging money. Right. Selling that asset that's got some equity in it to pay off your debts is going to make you think long and hard about how you buy your next properties. And right. And so even though you might be trimming back on your on your portfolio to pay off your debts, when you start getting back in the game, you're going to be healthier. Right. You're going to be smarter about how you're borrowing. And you're going to be smarter About what you're borrowing for
2: That was a great answer answer.
1: (laughs) So what do you think Is more important When it comes to real estate Capital Or Network Uh, I'm a cash flow investor man So you think You take capital Taking money Yeah so So
3: So for me Like so real estate Pays you multiple ways Right so it pays you In monthly cash flow It pays you In equity Right Debt pay down And then it pays you In tax benefits Right so Um you're allowed to depreciate assets that you own, even though they're appreciating assets. And so for me, I look at equity as icing on the cake. So I'm only buying a property if it's paying me today, right? So I need it to cash flow every month, right? Because that's what I'm looking in it for. I'm building wealth through cash flow. Now, equity you're gonna get, right? Because your tenants are paying down your debt and then um, your property is naturally gonna appreciate but that's not I'm not buying a property because I think it's going to appreciate I'm buying a property because it's going to pay me now. So cash flows king for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're asking, like, what's more important, like having capital now or, or
1: like the relationships and network, like which one oh. would you prefer, like oh. being
3: somebody that, Oh, in real estate? Is so creative, man, the, yeah. the, the, net, the network is if you got the right network, you sometimes don't need capital.
1: Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, hey, you're right Are oh, you looking like that, D <laughs> I yeah.
2: got a question
3: <laughs>
2: So, uh, something I want to ask you Because I know right now The market's been booming Like, kind of across the board Everybody yeah. Yeah. is selling yeah. right sell, now Sell, sell, yeah. sell Sell, sell, yeah. sell So, yeah. for those investors Who are trying to play the long game Do you think they should be Selling their properties right now?
3: Um, so, uh, again She got the good questions Yes, she <laughs> do, man She coming with it. she making, making up time? for that? Right. Right. Just, right. I know so she missed I the told you questions. I would. i going to get asked these questions Yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah. So I I learned a lesson. So I worked for Walmart in my corporate job for 11 Mm -hmm. years. Right. They run thousands of stores. Right. And what I learned from working for Walmart is like sometimes you got to trim the fat. Right. And what that means is like if you're going to have a larger portfolio, you're going to have some properties that are performing very well. And you're going to have some properties that are underperforming. Now, we're all in this game of real estate for building wealth, or we should be, right? And yep. that's typically through buy and hold. But that doesn't mean that every property you buy and hold is going to be uh, a, a great deal. And so when the market is as hot as it is right now, it's the perfect time to trim the fat. And so what that mm-hmm. means is what I did and what I've been doing this year is I'm looking at my portfolio as a whole. I will look at each individual property. Some are paying me great cash on cash returns. Some aren't some properties I have maintenance headaches with that I didn't anticipate and some properties I don't right and so I'm selling properties right now that are either very hard to rent typically or that they're maintenance heavy meaning it's taking money out of my pocket every month to fix up things and when I'm doing that it's taking the cash flow out of my pocket and so right now I can sell those properties at a premium Right. And I can capture like 10, 15 years worth of cash flow on the sale because there's so much appreciation. Mm -hmm. So I can take that money in this asset that's really causing me problems or costing me money and I can make a bunch of money on it. And then I can now take that money and go buy better assets because Mm -hmm. I'm smarter as an investor now than I was when I bought those properties. And so I think we should all be looking at our portfolio in a time like this when you can capitalize on a sale and sell the ones that are causing you problems and go buy and go buy better deals. Yeah. Um, I know some investors say hold agree. on to everything forever, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all for trimming the fat.
1: No, I agree. I mean, me and Deanna, we got a property right now. The first property we ever bought, we paid sixteen point nine thousand for it. We are getting ready to sell it for about fifty five to sixty. Yeah. So yeah, put that I thing mean, to work somewhere else. Yeah, but, that but works- you gotta have a plan for that money, right? Right. So don't just sell it and then
3: <laughs> make it rain out <laughs> yeah, here, right? You gotta have a plan for that money because you're gonna pay some capital gains unless you're exactly thirty one into something.
2: Right? Yep. So speaking of selling on Instagram, you say it takes more than luck to sell your house. So can you dive into that a little bit?
3: Yeah. Uh, and so typically that's in a that's in not such a hot market, right? This market is hot, and so you, anybody can sell anything in this market. But <laughs> right. typically when the market's not so hot, like. Sometimes you got to be strategic. And so I would I would um, I got really good at um, staging my properties, my flips Mm -hmm. specifically, very, very inexpensively. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is sometimes people think like when you stage a house, it's got to look like them houses you see on HGTV, HGTV, right? right. Like they spend thousands Mm -hmm. and thousands of dollars staging their homes and they look phenomenal. But that's not really what you need. Right. You just need To put some furniture in the place so people can visualize themselves living there. Empty spaces aren't as attractive as a space with some furniture in it when people can see themselves Mm -hmm. living there. And so things that we would do is we would go to stores like um, Ikea or At Home, right? Really inexpensive stores. And you can get really inexpensive furniture. And you can stage a property. I remember we were staging a house. We might spend $1,000 on some furniture to stage a house. And really all you need to stage is like the living room area. Living room, maybe an office, if you want people to see it as an office instead of a bedroom, and then maybe, like, a dining area. We didn't stage bedroom. Everybody knows a bedroom. Mm -hmm. A bedroom, you stick a bed in it, whatever. Like, people get it. But, like, living rooms, people need to see them. And it's, like, the first thing they see when they walk in, right? And so you set Mm -hmm. that tone. And so, um, yeah, uh, you can spend very little money under it. And you can go to places, like, and sometimes houses sell fast, right? So you can... You can go to someplace like at home, you can buy some furniture, you can stage your house and (laughs) return the stuff when you do it, right? Like it didn't get used, it's just sitting there. Right. And so you can stage a house very inexpensively. And then that can help you not just sell it faster, but sell it for more. Because when people fall in love with a place, man, they'll they'll overbid, right? Mm -hmm. When they're when they're looking for it. So yeah, it takes more than luck. It's timing. We're very strategic about when we list a property for sale. And so typically when I list a property for sale, it'll be on a Thursday. Always a Thursday. Why is it? Because when people are buying homes, when families are buying homes, most families are—they have day jobs, right? And so, what they're starting to do when they're looking for homes is they look on the weekends. And so, Mm -hmm. around Thursday, they start planning their weekend because you can only see so many homes in a week in a a couple of days, right? right. And so, they want to go see the ones that are most important to them. So they start planning Thursdays, Thursday night and Fridays, because Friday, Friday after work, they're starting to look. Saturday, they're looking. Sunday, they're looking. And then they're making offers. And so we list our homes on Thursday so that people can start seeing that new listing pop up as soon as they're planning. They can put that put us on their roadmap to go look at houses. And then we don't take any offers until that Monday. So we just let all the offers come in and then we'll make a decision on Monday. So that creates competition. Damn, that's smart.
2: That's real smart. And and, And the staging thing is real important mm because when I was a realtor, I could just see it in people's reactions oh, they when they came up. to the open houses right and right saw it yeah. just fully furnished yeah. and they just felt so in love they, they, they thought they, they were at ready at they, they saw it. we
3: would go so we would stage them and then we go get like um good smelling um candles oh, candles. candles or air freshers plugged into the wall and we always get something that smells food related like food senses mm-hmm. Like we never get like the you know Bath and Body Works smells like we right. want vanilla or like yeah. chocolate, something chocolate, food yeah. related. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> right. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. But um, so like I just had a I just, dang, I what, no, yeah, flipping. How do you decide whether he's going to buy a whole property or you're going to flip it? Yeah. Um. Uh. So the long
3: and short answer is. Um. I focus more on buying at that 70% rule, because if I buy at that 70% rule, any of those strategies work. Whether I flip it, whether I hold it and rent it, it's gonna cash flow, or if I flip it, it's gonna make money. And so I sometimes, a lot of the times, I don't even decide what I'm gonna do with the house until after I buy it. And what I'll do to decide is typically what what my cash situation looks like, right? And so if I need money now because I have a big project or a big rehab or something I need cash for, then I may sell a property so I can take that capital and go invest it somewhere else. But if I don't need the cash and it makes a good rental, then I'll keep it. Okay. It's just, it literally situation to situation. Makes sense. Yeah. I, I usually never decide before I buy it.
1: Okay. A wow. lot. And we was at lunch earlier. We talked about on the on the ride here a little bit. You talked to, talk to me about something that your coach like helped you out when you talked about brand building and leveraging and monetizing your brand. Because yeah. you didn't grow on the brand on TikTok, yeah, mm-hmm. Instagram. You killing it. So like the upsell thing you was telling me about. I really want to dive on this because I think yeah. this is very interesting. When you talked about the twenty percent, like do mm-hmm. you mind just breaking that down? Yeah, yeah, man. You're trying to get me to give away all the free Oh, yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, so I started um teaching courses, selling courses. And then I started coaching students on how to build wealth to real estate. Right. And, um, one of the things that I've learned through having a product that, that people want to buy is that, well, two things, people aren't buying the products, they're buying you. Right. Right. Right? And so Mm -hmm. like, if you've built trust with the people who follow you, like they want to hear what you have to say, and so they're buying into you now obviously your content needs to be good right but um, people who are buying into you the what what typically happens is you have something for sale they buy it they like it then they want something else right and if you don't have another tier of products or services to offer people then you're doing your audience a disservice because they want something from you that you're not providing them. And it's not like they're just going to go, oh, well, Xavier, don't have nothing for me, so I'm just not going to learn anything. Right? The people that want to spend money on education, it gonna gonna spend the it. they're going to spend it with somebody else. right? And so if you don't have that next level of product for the people who want it, then you're leaving money on the table because they're going somewhere else and you're doing them a disservice because they want to buy from you. So I learned that you need to have multiple tiers of products. Right. And one of the reasons I started, I created my course and made it so low ticket was because I wanted people that looked like us to have access to the information and not feel like they got to spend their whole paycheck right. on one course. And so I still have that entry level. But the rule of thumb typically in e-commerce is 20 percent of the people who are willing to spend with you at one level will spend with you at the at next the level. level. Right. And then 20 percent of those people will spend with you at the, at the level, level above that. And so you need to think about your products as um, kind of what they call a value ladder. So you need to have products at each tier of your value ladder to not only give your audience the things that they want from you, but so
1: that you're not leaving money on the table. That's a, no, that's, that's some game right there. When we was talking about it, I was like, damn, this makes, this, it makes a lot of sense for yeah. real. Like you, when you really think about it, you have something?
2: Yeah, when you make that transition into e-commerce and of course you made courses on real estate and things mm-hmm. of that nature, did you ever kind of struggle with feeling like you were giving away too much? Yeah. You, <laughs> yeah. you increase your competition. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. And, that, yeah. That's, that's real. Yeah. I think a lot of people have that thought or that mindset. And what I tell people is if you want to build a brand, if you want to create income, um, then you got to give it away. Mm-hmm. You got to give it away for free. The more you give away for free, the That's more right. trust you're going to build. The more yeah. trust you're going to build, the more people are going to follow you. The more people are going to follow you, the more people are going to spend money on your products. And I think we have this this um, I think we have this kind of misguided idea around competition. And I think we also put too much faith in people sometimes <laughs> <laughs> about like giving you your stuff up. because ninety no, percent okay, of the actually. people who consume your content for free gonna aren't going to do anything with it. And no. it's not that they don't, really don't want to. It's just that they would rather pay for the next level of content, right? And so mm-hmm. they see it and they're like, Look, I could go like try to piece this together and implement it, or I can go buy this course, and we put it all together for me, and it'll mm-hmm. be that much easier. Right. And so all you're really doing when you're giving away the game is you're building trust and you're mm-hmm. building your brand. Because people feel like, man, if they're giving me this much game for free, then whatever it's charging me for, it's gotta be super dope, right? Like it's just trust building. And there's more Benefit in collaboration than there is exactly in competition, right? Like, I've, I've the my biggest supporters of my business would be people who I would technically be in competition with, right? Like, we got one sitting yeah. in the room right now, right? <laughs> He's here supporting me right, right now, right. Right. right? And he sells a real estate course too, right? right? But but when you collaborate with people, now you're kind of like. Uh, you're you're mixing your networks, right? And when you're mixing your networks, that creates more customers for potentially both of us, right? Mm Because there's people that may follow me that like, yo, I like what he's got to say, let me go see what he's doing and vice versa, right? And so now that we're mixing these networks, we make more money together than we do apart, right? It's the same thing with like food trucks. Food trucks do better when they're in a space with other food trucks, because people come and they can congregate there and they've got options. Versus they just go into this one food truck in this one isolated place. So, mm-hmm. you know, they always try to congregate together because collaboration brings them more money than competition.
2: That was a great point. Yeah. And before we go into our next question, I am going to go ahead and go into our second sponsor for the show. This episode is also sponsored by our Keys to Podcasting course, which is coming to you guys real soon, real, real soon. Right now, it's on pre sale for $249.99. But with this course, you can expect to learn the fundamentals of the podcast, um, how to find your niche, building a loyal audience base, how to make money in podcasting, interview tactics, how to scale your podcast, and so much more. Me and Xavier put a lot of time and energy into building this course out for you guys, and it's truly something special, so make sure you go to podcasting.com and get the course while it's on pre-sale now right,
1: before right. the price goes up. Don't DM me. I don't want any more DMs about <laughs> how to build a podcast, what I need to do. Go to podcasting.com if you're dead serious about getting it. So I want to talk about this for a second because this is a question that I think a lot of people, people always wonder this for whatever reason. I don't really know why, but I'm going to ask you. So they'll say like, does, I want to say, does, um, I'm trying to think of the way to word this." Cause you talked about how you changed your mindset to build wealth now you got a multi-million multi-million dollar portfolio right in under four years yeah so as far as the like the transformation as a person like do you feel like you've made a 180 as a person or 100 you think so yeah absolutely man uh, man right. y'all, y'all trying to get me to take out a church on this podcast
3: <laughs> <laughs> look man uh i feel like like i feel like i've just been on this journey of like growth and maturity in my life and like I didn't find real estate until I matured as a person Damn. right and then once I matured as a person I found this option to real estate and I believe I found real estate not because of what it can bring me right and don't get me wrong like real estate's been great it's brought my family wealth has changed our lives my wife doesn't work anymore I don't work anymore right but I teach I give free content. I've helped tons of people build wealth in real estate. I give the information away. I don't believe that I found real estate so that I could achieve wealth. I believe I found real estate so that I can help, could help other people achieve wealth, right? And um, and so, yeah, man, I, I've had to, I've had to, you know, grow and mature and become a person that that wants to see other people succeed and see other people grow. I just believe I'm a, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. I believe he blesses people with things who are going to bless people with things. Mm, right. I agree. And, um, I believe the more I give, the more abundance that I'll have. And I think I just, You know, I hear stories all the time you'll hear, you know, as you start to pay attention, like you'll hear stories of people building wealth or amassing wealth and then losing it. And when you typically pay attention to those stories, it's because they they got this wealth and then they kept it all for themselves. Right. They didn't give or they didn't teach or they didn't show other people. Right. It was all about what they could do for themselves. And that's not what it's for. Like we get to reap the benefits of it, but it's not for us. None of this is for me. It's for everybody else. Right. It's for me to give to other people, because the more we help people, the more people they're going to help. And it's just this ripple effect of like just happiness and bringing, right. bringing
1: people closer to God. And it's. Yeah, uh, so I agree. Man. Oh, man. Yeah. 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 You, you, you bring in a sermon for real. Yeah. Man. <laughs> <laughs> a, but no, I agree. Like I always say, like, um, this is in my opinion. I think the moment you start growing, I think that's the, m- the moment you own money and finances yeah. slow down. Yeah. I feel like it has to be like, they have to grow on the same level. Like you don't mm-hmm. want one outgrowing the other. I right. think they should be growing simultaneously. Cause I know from experience, like times, I then took off like bullshit. And like, I, talk, I tell this story all the time, like getting my first $100,000, Right. Taking off bush and you know right. <laughs> should go back down to eighty in right. a month. You are right. like damn, real quick. You know what I'm Cause I am saying? Because I wasn't trying to learn no more. I am like, I feel like right. I made it now. So I, I agree whole, wholeheartedly what you are saying, man. That's uh, that's some real shit. I think, I think I was
3: talking to I was talking to Charles a couple of weeks ago when he said, like, look, man, if you make an M, that's great. The second you spend one so dollar, you ain't got him no more. Right? Like you got to no, really. no, really. keep working, man. No, you, you got to keep
1: working because, yeah. like, so what's um? Let me like, tell a quick story go about that real Because when I was I
3: was listening to this podcast, I don't even remember which podcast it was, but this story had me cracking up. But he's this guy who finally made his first million dollars in liquid, right? So at a million dollars in bank, he said it was like a million thirteen dollars and thirty seven cents. It's like what he what he had in his bank account. And he was he called his wife and she was like, Oh, we gotta go celebrate. Let's go do something. He was like, Yes, let's go do something. It just can't cost more than thirteen dollars and thirty-seven cents. He said they went out for some fast food and that's what they did to celebrate because he wasn't about to drop below that M. No, nah, you don't realize <laughs> yeah.
1: how fast you can yeah. blow money until you get money. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Like that's you right. when you're younger, you think of if I get twenty thousand, fifty thousand, I'm right. gonna be balling. You get twenty thousand, fifty thousand, no, no, you're like, no. that ain't no money. No, man, I'm flipping that. <laughs> yeah, right. you, can blow, you can blow that in a weekend for Right. I mean, if you really, if you really out here tripping, you right. can really blow that. In the wind. <laughs> no, I'm, no, facts, for right. real, for real. But like throughout your journey, like, did did you ever get people that tell you like you changed, like, oh, at, yeah. and saying it negatively? Yeah, though, yeah, for sure. You got that? Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, a lot of times it be family, right? right? Damn,
3: like you know, it's um, you know, people, people, you know, I, I tell, I tell folks like this. Like, God put this vision in me, right? Right. It's my vision to go and build wealth through real estate. It's not somebody else's. And I just have to keep that in mind. Like, everybody don't got to understand what I'm doing or why I'm doing it. It's not for them, right? It's for me to go down this path so that I can teach other people how to do it. And so, you know, family, friends, they don't get it, right? (laughs) I posted something the other day that was like, people say, where you been? And it was this meme of Bugs Bunny counting money, right? Like, it's just (laughs) like... I've been working on myself, been working. working on my business. I've been working on putting my family in position to where they can live life the way they want to live life. And that means sometimes that you're not going to spend as much time with people that you spent time with before. That, does that mean you've changed? I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but you have to do what uh, I feel like you're called to do. Right. And I was called to build wealth through real estate and help people build wealth through real estate. And um, because I was called to do that, I've been able to be surrounded by even more amazing people. I mean, I'm sitting here on this podcast with y'all. I got friends in here with me that yep. I didn't know before I started doing this, right. and they're, they're my biggest supporters. And so, yeah, man, you kind of have to brush all that off um, and move forward anyway. I like I, I, a lot of the times I feel like my family still doesn't quite get like the scale of what I've done. What, you or done. what my family's <laughs> done, and that's okay. They don't have to get it. Um, I still love them. They still love me, um, you know. But there's some people, for sure, that are friends that that probably feel like I've changed. That I don't spend as much time with. And you know, it it, it was also part of that journey. Like I immediately started saving money. I immediately started. Fixing my credit. And if I was still spending out with spending time with the people that I was spending time with before who weren't doing those things, then I wouldn't want to do those things. And then I wouldn't put myself on the path to be where I am today. And so I had to stop spending time with the people who weren't focused on spending money the right way or building wealth the right way, because, you know, you are the sum.
1: Of the Five people you hang out with the most mm-hmm. Right But but I think I think you're supposed to change though. Like that's why right. When people say that I'm like S- So what like if, I was, <laughs> if I was just Fucked up Excuse right. my language A couple yeah. years ago And yeah. I'm not fucked up no more Don't you right. think I did Some kind of changes To right. get here Right You know yeah. what I'm saying So it's like It
2: only makes sense It
1: only makes sense for me to change If I didn't change I'll still be in the yeah. same position in the same situation So it's like I, I don't really understand When people say that Like yeah. You're supposed to change If you're trying to better yourself That's right Why would I be hanging out With the same people Doing the same shit <laughs> Right Yeah So yeah this, this is my final question For you though So for somebody That's listening to this Watching They want to get in real estate mm-hmm. No capital No relationships Henry Washington Your best piece of advice For them Yeah to Start Yeah ground man zero. <laughs> Ground zero So Look man Real estate so flexible
3: That um, There's a million ways To look at it There's a million Different strategies I tell people The only two things you should be focused on if you're getting started is learning what a good deal looks like in your market, right? And so I talked about the 70% rule that works in most markets, it won't work in every market, right? So you need to figure out what's a good deal look like in your market, right? What's the best way to do that? Surround yourself with investors. Go anywhere that other investors are in your local market. If they're in local real estate investment association meetings, your butt needs to be in the meetings every time they have them. If they're in Facebook groups, you need to be in them Facebook groups. If they're in you know, meetup.com groups, that's where you need to be. And then start talking to the people who are doing the deals and ask them. Just say, hey, man, what did your last deal look like? Real estate investors is making money, love talking about their deals. That's, making that's money. A fact. right, they'll give that's you a fact. all the information. That's so a fact. Like, oh man, I bought this yeah. one, I paid this. I mean, like, you're right, and they're and and so that's doing two things it's helping you build a relationship, it's helping you build rapport because people love talking about themselves, yep, right, and it's helping you understand what a good deal looks like if they're buying good deals, right? So, take that information and then figure out you know where these good deals are and then focus on how you're gonna go find those good deals right and so in some markets there you can hop on the MLS with a realtor and you can buy a good deal in most markets you can't right so you need to figure out what's your deal finding strategy you can literally google how to buy off-market real estate deals and you'll see articles about sending direct mail or using text messages or cold call there's all these strategies figure out which one of those strategies like speaks to you and that you can afford to implement and then that's all you should focus on is Implementing one of those marketing strategies Don't worry about who's going to fix up your house When you buy it Don't worry about who's going to finance your deal Don't worry about where you're going to get the money from Don't worry about who Damn. the title company is going to be don't, All that stuff matters But doesn't matter until you have a good deal mm-hmm. Like if you don't have something to buy who, who Who's the matter is going to work on it <laughs> Right, right. If You don't have something to buy who's the, Where's the matter where the money is going to come from Damn. Like what's a good deal look like How am I going to find good deals That's it That's all you should worry about Once you get a good deal on the hook And it's really a good deal You'll be so motivated
1: to figure that other stuff out, man. Nah, you're right.
3: Nah, that stuff will come easy.
1: Damn, that's game right there. <laughs> that's game, man. And that was uh... y'all, had, y'all. Y'all had a question for. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 <laughs> so yeah so uh, wrapping up I just want to say man you know how much D and I appreciate you taking time to come out to Dallas oh, kick man. it with us and come back on the podcast man this oh, was man, I'll come back anytime man I there, appreciate y'all having me out here I'm glad man. glad you showed up this time <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <too>. <laughs> piano was sick last time <laughs> man yeah, I know she didn't get sick, to be yeah, here but I'm glad she she came it. with the fire questions
1: before we let you go do you mind plugging all your stuff where people can find you follow you uh your courses everything yep uh, best ways, best place to find me
3: is on Instagram. I'm at the Henry Washington on Instagram, and uh, I have a book on how to finance deals with those small banks, like I was talking about. So it's called How to Finance Deals with Little to No Money Utilizing Small Banks. You can get a free copy of that book at henrywashington.com.
1: Free copy, y'all heard that? Go get it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, the, my info, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, everywhere, YouTube at Xavier C. Miller. And you can follow the Million of Mindsets podcast on all platforms as well. And D, what's your info?
2: And you can follow me on Instagram at Deanna Kent, Twitter Deanna S. Kent. And you can follow me on YouTube at Lessons in Life and Luxury.
1: Yeah, I always forget to plug the YouTube. You can yeah. f- I, I think I said it already. Never <laughs> yeah. mind, we good. And yeah. so that's all we got for y'all on this episode of Million of Mindsets podcast. See you guys next episode. Peace. Peace. Thanks. you. Gotta
0: get your right if you're trying to make a million dollars If you ain't gon' do it for yourself, you do it for your mama Only stay surrounded by them people, if you know they solid Elevate your so hustle up today they're ducking up your profit Try to learn some games, every y'all gon' talk about it Know the honest, speak that shit that everybody voucher Ain't no more excuses valid, get up off the couch and Get up in your bag, to your bank account, need an accountant it